We're going to grab our Bibles. We're, uh, we're looking at uh, the spiritual life as we find in a look at the fruit of the Spirit. And we're, we're ready to uh, look at uh, peace, but we'll start with slide number one. They're going to help me. Before we go, that would be about number 12 or 13. But we're starting here. Uh, and we're looking at spiritual life, how to become what the Lord wants us to be, how to live the spiritual life, not not what the world, not how to not how to become a movie star, not how to become famous or get a contract with the, uh, you know, the Falcons, but how to live a spiritual life and to be pleasing to God and to uh, become close to God. Anybody want to get closer to the Lord here today? Praise God. And so we're looking at, uh, at Galatians, but we're going to go to our, well, let's, if you would, let's go to Galatians 5 first. I'm going to turn with you here. You have your Bibles. Um, we're going to look at verse number 17. We're going to look at verse 22. I was trying to find it there. Oh, I was going to say, that didn't look like Galatians. What I was looking at said, wives, submit yourselves. <laughs> that's Ephesians 5. So that's the wrong verse. I don't know if the Lord was, I don't know. Um, all right, here we are, Galatians 5. So Trench, I don't know what that was. I thought for sure I was in Galatians, but I wasn't. Now I am, but I wasn't. All right, so we were looking at, uh, well, we've already read all this, but I wanted to uh, look specifically at verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. So we will end in just a moment with a look at temperance. Can everyone say temperance? Now, <clears throat> I don't have a real strong voice, but we can take one at a time here. We're going to walk through from, from Galatians 5, verse 22 the fruit of the Spirit, that is the, the growth of the Spirit in our lives, like fruit that would be uh, come on a tree or whatever, uh, the growth of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives includes uh, f- love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. All right, so we're, we're at the third one here, and that is... Uh, the peace of God. Philippians 4, 7, and I, I'm going to see if they've been able to... All right, now we're going to... I think it'd be the 13th uh, slide. Uh, Philippians 4 says, The peace of God which passeth all understanding. So the things of God are beyond human comprehension in other words they're not you can't just judge them and say well let's use a a little teaspoon here and that'll do it you cannot judge it based on human measurement because the peace of god goes beyond all uh understanding i'm now we're back to the king james bible here the peace of god which passeth all understanding now let's see if so it's behind us there and you know that the uh the dove is a is a symbol uh, of the spirit because at the baptism of Christ the dove was uh, the symbol of the spirit descending upon Christ. 
showing that he was anointed. He was the anointed one. Of course, he was God in human form, and the dove symbolized the Spirit of God coming down upon him. It symbolized anointing. It also, of course, is the universal symbol of peace, and <clears throat> which our world needs. How many knows that we need to pray for our world, that we need, a, we need peace in our world? And so the peace of God passes all understanding, and it shall keep your heart. So we're right here. It shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so that is exactly what we need in, uh, in a world of, uh, of crime and uncertainty. And that's the day that we live in. Increasing sinfulness. Changes that, that are startling and uh, lives and, and, and uh, disregard for, for human life. Disregard for even uh, basic human values in our world that we're seeing, but there is a, a peace that comes from God that can rise above everything that is going on in your life. Does anybody have anything going on in your life that you're struggling with? Well, there is a peace that comes from God. Hallelujah. You say, Brother French, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you that finding the peace of God and the hope that God provides is essential to spiritual life. It is what is meant for you to be. Someone said, "Well, I'm just I'm I'm Irish. I, that's just why I just knock people. Man, I'm I'm uh, I'm this or I'm that. In other words, some reason that we we don't fulfill the life of the Spirit in our lives. Well, folks, that's not good enough. Just saying my hair's red or uh, I, I I did this or that's just the way I am. That's just my nature. The Spirit of God overrides all of that. It surpasses all understanding." Someone said, well, I was a gangbanger. Maybe you were, but now you've come into the presence of God. You're a different person. Anybody here thankful for what the Lord has done in your life? He's made a difference in your life. So with all that's going on in our world, this is the greatest, the, the greatest asset. Think of a, a God that can give you peace in the midst of the storm. Think of that. That's a great analogy. Uh, the, you know the songwriter? How many ever heard the song... Uh, well, it's, I say that. It's, it's an old song now. I forget that. But I remember when the fellow first wrote it. I can't remember his name. But I do remember this. He was blind. And the storm came. He tell, I heard him tell the story himself. When the storm came and knocked the windows out and he climbed under that table, he began to speak. The song came to him. He gives me peace in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. And that's what he does, right in the middle of whatever. And you know what the peace is? I, I don't have to know what's going to happen next. See, some people are like this with God. Okay, God, I want a million bucks right here. See, then we'll, oh, then I'll be then I'll be happy about it. But that's not the way it works. You don't tell God what what to lay on the table. You say, I trust God with whatever you provide on this table. I'm trusting you because Lord, you are good. And how many knows God is good all the time? What a marvelous God. And so the peace of God passes all understanding and it keeps your hearts and your mind. Now, of course, if you're filling your mind with all kinds of, uh, of this world's uh, trash and, and it's just, you're just using it as sort of the, the, the uh, collector's uh, can and you're just throwing everything into your mind, then I don't know how you can expect to have a clean a uh, pure relationship with God when everything in your mind is just a collection of what the world throws in there. 
This world has got all... In fact, you know what? Sometimes you just need to... You know, people will just uh, unload all of their uh, guilt and their sin. And, and, and you just sometimes have to say, I'm, I'm not listening to that. Someone said, uh, well, listen to this joke. And then and the minute I saw where that was going to head up, no, I, that's not funny to me. You say, well, hey, I thought everyone, that's just a, a joke. It's just a little comedy. It doesn't make any difference to me. I, 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 you, you have to tell that to someone else because I'm not going to fill my mind. I'm not going to let my heart be filled with anything other than what it was created to be filled with. And God intends, you think God intends people to be uh, doing the things that's happening, suicide rate, just astronomical. Just reading the other day what's going on with the... Because people have become less and less hopeful. And I'm not talking about the economy. I'm talking about less and less hopeful that there is any real resolution to the problems they see in life. And so to them, they're just going to dissipate like a like a smoke. You blow the candle out and, and a little bit wisp and they're gone. That's what they think their life is. And so they take their own lives. Young people especially. This is happening on a... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to be very, very careful, but I've been struggling with uh, someone recently. Just, just this, was it this week? I can't remember if it was this week or last week. Someone that uh, took their own life. And so, so it is. We live in a world where, where the devil wants you to think there's nothing worth living for. Folks, I want to tell you, God is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Just think about it. You can have Pharaoh chasing you and the Red Sea in front of you, but you can have the peace of God because God can use a rod that's in your hand to do mighty miracles. In fact, he can use anything he chooses to use. Can we just thank him for what he's going to do? Can we just praise him for what he's about to do? Father, we thank you for the peace that passes all understanding. Now let's go to the next slide here. And and, uh, we're looking here at this uh, Greek word uh, which comes... Uh, which is translated, keep, it shall keep your heart. Now notice that uh, you see the Greek. It doesn't make any difference. We're not here to study Greek. But huperiko uh, uh, means to guard like a, like, a, like a bunch of soldiers who are, who are keeping it and preserving it. In other words, it's not just the word, uh, hold on to this and keep this for me. No, no, no. It's, it's a special word. And so that's what the peace of God does. It lifts us, as it were, above this world. Praise God. It passes all understanding. That's what the Spirit of God can do. When you have the Spirit in your life, then everything is different. You look at things differently than you would have otherwise. Praise God. And that is the peace of God. It will guard against all of the things of this world. Now, let's keep going. Now, of course, here we have... uh, the picture of an actual storm. And so it is that in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. And so it is that the the secret to bringing the work of the Spirit into your life and the peace of God into your life is through prayer. Does anybody feel like that you uh, have been changed because of prayer 
something that has happened. God has answered prayer. Praise God. See, the devil wants people to think that's just a bunch of uh, hokey pokey. That doesn't mean and that's just prayer. I'm telling you today, prayer is the most powerful thing you can enter into. Now, the word of God. Now, if I were uh, talking about the word here, I would stress how powerful the word is. But if you think that you could memorize the whole Bible and never pray, then you will be a failure. Because just having the word without the spirit, just having one without the other, it requires that you enter into prayer and that you, you seek the face of God. And so it is, I encourage you today to find a prayer room. Be in prayer. We have prayer here uh, every Tuesday night. You need to be here for prayer. Slip in uh, and, and have prayer. If you can't stay a full hour, then pray 10 minutes. But, but somewhere, find a place to pray. Anybody ever seen God do miracles because you begin to call on his name in prayer? He answers prayer. All right, now let's go to the fourth one. Here we go. And that is, of course... Uh, the, 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 uh, what we will now call patience. The King James translates it long suffering. I like the word long suffering, but, um, I'm going to give you here a definition, but, um, you notice that I'm using the eagle as a, uh, as a symbol of, of long suffering. Now, first of all, let's get a meaning here. The will to bear injuries or provocation for a long time. The, the will, being willing to, to endure, patience, endurance, especially of ill treatment. Now, this is, just, this is just from Webster's. Forbearance under ill will with no thought of retaliation. So there's a general uh, definition of, uh, of patience or, or of long-suffering. Actually, that if you look up in Webster's, and I use a, a, a brand-new Webster's, which, you know, dictionaries are interesting. They change every year. They alter meanings, and um, words take on new meanings and so on. But if you look up the word patience, notice that it has this meaning, sustaining afflictions with Fortitude. Interesting. I don't see as much of this in our culture as I used to see. In fact, more and more people expect someone else to take the bullet for them instead of them stepping up and taking responsibility. Sustaining afflictions with fortitude, calmness, or submission, waiting with calmness. So let's uh, go to the next one, the symbol of the eagle. Of course, it will, we, we may have a moment to come back to it, but I, I do have to uh, move quickly because we have to cover a little bit of ground here because we're talking about how to build a spiritual life within ourselves, how to become more like the Lord. And, of course, we've already mentioned uh, two or three very critical things but the, the, this one is uh, as important as any, and that is the challenge of having a heart of fortitude that waits upon God. And that is not easy for folks. It's not easy for, for any of us. I'm uh, trying to, th- uh, my, my brain is thinking of examples that I, I can't 
use personal examples. I want to be careful what, what I would say publicly. But there have been any, anybody know, has anybody ever been healed by the power of God? Anybody just wave your hand? Look at that. My goodness. Folks that have been healed by the hand of God. Years ago, I was uh, uh, pastoring in Chicago and I'd had surgery. And uh, Sister French kept saying, you're going to hurt yourself. And I said, no, no, I'm Superman. And I hurt myself. I can't believe it. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, and so I, I couldn't even preach, but I, had, I was, uh, didn't have an assistant and, and uh, had some brand new people. They had just gotten baptized and things like that, so I had to be there. And then uh, we, were, we were renting a school. We were setting up, and, and I went in, and, and I was so eager to get set up. And I said, I, I, Lord, I can't believe I'm telling on myself. And I had just had surgery. And, uh, and so I went in there and I was lifting all that stuff. And, oh, I feel really good. And then I got so bad that I could barely move. And I was preaching. And I had to, I had to tell someone, you're going to have to lead this service. I can't, I can't move. I'm, I, I don't know if I can even, I don't want to be too obvious, but I don't know if you even get out of here. And the young man that had been on drugs and had been, I mean, all that. And he and his wife had just gotten the Holy Ghost. And, and they came in. They were just so excited. And, and he saw me walking like this. And in that, uh, uh, it was like an elementary school. We were using their gym. And uh, we were all saying, really nice little setup. And so I, I sat right on the front row. And, and he stood up and, and he said, uh, is it okay for me to say something? <laughs> and I thought, oh, Lord. Oh, help us, Lord. Because uh, he'd been, I mean, oh, my goodness. And so I didn't know what he was going to say. And he said, I just feel, I know I'm unworthy. I, I shouldn't be able to say anything in church. But I just feel like God wants to heal our pastor. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my goodness. And I thought, oh, Lord, uh, uh, okay. And so, I mean, they just swarmed around me. And I remember thinking, well, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to pray. Oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. The saints are praying and they love their pastor. And I, and I, oh, I was so sincere. And I mean, I was in the most excruciating pain. And instantly that pain left. I never felt another pain. God said, all right, you wouldn't listen, but that's okay. Because of this young drug addict that just, I'm going to show him the miracle that you didn't, uh, you didn't know how to handle it, but I know how to handle it. How many of us think God is good all the time? <laughs> Praise God. He keeps us and he helps us. And he's able to keep us in the midst of the storm. Whatever we're facing. And we can have in our own, in our own lives. Let's, let's go to the next one. Let's look at the, the next image. There's the image of the eagle. And now the image of the timepieces. So that it is very, very important that we embrace uh, God's timing. Now some people want heaven here. And they interpret the Lord's prayer Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's a complete, that's total nonsense to think that heaven is going to be on this earth. That's not what that prayer means. That means that just like we have an example of a perfect place in heaven, we can be assured that that very God that has heaven under control can handle things down here. But sometimes we face things that, that, uh, I'll tell you, I have, uh, one of, them, one of my sons here, I'll be very careful, but uh, my oldest son who's in Chicago today, Brother French is with uh, his wife's family, and they're having a, a, a holiday weekend and so on, probably preaching it. Have you heard? Is he preaching there? 
He's in Chicago. He often is, uh, preaches there when he's up there. And uh, when he was born, he's my firstborn. Uh, when did we get word that he had a heart condition? Three days? We had three days. Okay. Was he still in the hospital? All right. So there you go. They said, uh, I guess they called or called us back in. How'd they do that? We were still in the hospital then. Okay, we hadn't come home. And they said, uh, we, we have to tell you, who, who was that doctor? Was that Agard that told us that? All right, so here we were, young preachers in Chicago, starting a church, and our first baby is born. He's now our assistant pastor here. But when he was born, they said, this baby has a, a heart defect. Four, it's called tetralogy, because he has four major problems with his heart. And, and he may not live to be so-and-so, but if he does, if we can get him to a certain age, we will do open-heart surgery, and we will fix that part of it. And then it will take so whatever. They begin to go through the process. And I was completely dumbfounded. To me, it made zero sense in the world. And then years later, when Jonathan was born, and, and, uh, and the doctor said that, that he had leukemia. It was just absolutely like, Lord, it, this cannot be. Has anybody ever been there where you just had to say, Lord, it doesn't make any sense? I, I don't understand what's happening in my life. But how many knows that God is good all the time? He's good all the time. Now, I'm not saying that... Uh, it's easy. I, 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 I'm trying to say two things at one time here. I'm trying to say that God's timing may not make any sense at all. For example, okay, oh, oh Lord, oh, Lord. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't want to be too, Lord, I want to be honest, but I don't want to. Uh, I, I think we have to admit, okay, some of you are so, Holy, you, you're not gonna like. You're gonna not like this, but uh, sometimes you just say, "Lord, why, why, why my baby, why me? Does it have to? Why, why would this, uh, Lord? If you can heal, how many knows God heals? See, here's what we do. Now, listen to me. You're, you're not gonna. If some of you are gonna get it, I'm gonna say it because of that. Human logic will say, well, Lord, if my baby has cancer and you're going to heal him or her of cancer, why did they ever get sick in the first place? Because you're a big enough God, you could have kept them from ever being sick. So see how the, see how the devil works on our minds and, and, and we want to say, Lord, I wish. And, and it, listen, it's only normal. That a mother or a father would look at a little girl that's got cancer in the brain and, 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 and I've sat there at the table with them, two years old, and, and the little girl could, wasn't going to live. I don't know how long she lived, but, but the doctors were, gave her no hope whatsoever. It's only natural that we would stress and all the rest that goes with all of that. But whatever happens, whatever you're facing, whatever it is you're going through, maybe you can't pay the bills, maybe you, you don't have the things that you, you know, someone else, whatever, whatever it is you're facing, God is still great. 
and greatly to be praised. No matter what you're facing, someone said, well, but, you know, I had that car wreck, and and God shouldn't have let that happen. I can't tell you the people that say, why didn't God do this or do that? As though it's a form of blaming God. And I want to tell you right now, you cannot blame God for anything that's going wrong in this world. I'm telling you right now, there's not a baby. One person asked me one time, was on the cancer ward in Chicago West, and they said, why does God allow all this? It was, uh, I forget who that guy was. Why does God allow all this? Talk about all the babies up there with AIDS. And I said, in other words, he wanted God to, he wanted, Exactly what he wanted. He wanted a world where there was no no sin, no Adam and Eve. And all I could say was, well, sir, that, that day's coming. But this is the one we've got right now. We got sin in our world. Someone said, I don't understand all the this and all that in the world. Yes, I, I don't either. But you cannot blame God for all the evils of the world. But we've got a God that can say, all right, all right, I'm going to overcome it right now. And I'm going to take the cancer out of that body. And I'm going to do a miracle for my child right here. How many are thankful that God has done miracles for you? Because he's a great God. It's the timing that we have trouble with. It's, it's uh, well... It's partly the timing. We may have trouble with, with all of it. Now let's go to the next one. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And so God is bigger and smarter, and we have to let God be God. Whatever the reasons. You know, I've told the Lord, Lord, all this aging, I don't understand this aging. I know it's because of the fall and, and, and before uh, the flood, they lived hundreds of years and so on. But, but I don't understand this aging and, uh, you know, there's so much we want to do. And so, you know, we're so holy and special. But, but God is in charge of it. And he is, this world is, is, uh, how many knows that we're getting ready to leave this world? Praise God. One of these days, we're going to see Jesus. We're getting ready to see the Lord. In fact, I would say that we're very near the coming of the Lord. Now, let's look at Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord. Say that with me. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways... Acknowledge. See how I put that in a different font there? Because this is the Hebrew word yada, which means, and notice it at the bottom, the little box there, to comprehend or recognize, to know it. In all thy ways, recognize him. Acknowledge, comprehend, and know him, and he shall direct thy paths. Give him praise. Why don't we just give him a little praise here this morning? Father, we thank you because we want to be like you in all that we're doing. But, of course, we know that we fall short But, Father, we want to be like you, and we are not going to stop trying to be like you. All right, everyone say, praise the Lord. All right, now we're going to go a little bit bit faster here. Now we're going to go to the next one, and that is the word gentleness. The NIV translates it kindness. And uh, you see that that's not a Greek word. Even It it is a Greek. This is English. C-H is in English. That would, if it were, if I put the Greek there, but this way you can read it yourself. And you can see that it's crostatus. You can tell because those are English letters instead of Greek letters. The point, though, is that we're translating this either gentleness, kindness, something like that. And, uh, and, and if we had a little more time, 
we, we would develop uh, this a little more, but of course the whole point is that kindness is a spiritual virtue. To be kind, listen, listen men, there is nothing wrong with being kind to people. Sarcasm and toughness. Now there's a place, I'm not saying that there's never a place for sarcasm. There may be a place for sarcasm. There may be a place for it really being tough and so on. But there is also a spiritual virtue in being kind. Can you say praise the Lord? All right, now let's go to the next one. Look at Romans 15. I myself, I'm going quickly here, but I'm going to get to, I want to get to a couple more things. I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness. So now we have uh, a word that uh, we just looked at kindness, goodness, gentleness. These are aspects of the work of the Spirit. Uh, to have goodness, to have gentleness. There is a, there's a, this, this is especially important when older people, let's say parents, are dealing with their children. It's important that your children, I don't care if they're 60 and you're 80, I don't care if they're uh, 12 and, and you're 24, it makes no difference. When you're dealing with someone younger than you and they can look and see that you have authority and power, but you choose to be gentle in a situation where you wouldn't have to be, where you could be firm, but you choose to show a, a Christ-like spirit in what you're doing and what you're saying. Boy, this, this lesson, um, Sister French, is this true? Tell me if it's true. I, you can say, I mean, no, I, I want you to say yes, but, um, but you can say yes or no. That when we used to correct our children when they were young, real young, that we had... Uh, Somewhere along the way, I forget when this started, we said we'll never punish them without praying with them. Remember that? And that we will pray with them before we punish them. I don't know when we first started that. There was way they were real little. And I know you're shocked that we ever had to punish our children. But um, And so uh, I'll never forget. And Sister French sometimes would say, no, honey, hold, slow down. And I would say, okay, uh, your, your jaw, she could tell by my jaw. She can tell by just looking at me what I'm thinking. But when she sees my jaw, your jaw, honey, your jaw, you got your jaw set. Calm, okay, now before you go in there, I know this has got to be done. But um, because the attitude, if you only portray, see, we're so nervous about portraying uh, power and authority. That we fail to demonstrate gentleness and kindness at the same time. You say, well, that's very tough to do. It is very tough to do. I think it takes the Spirit of God to be both strong and gentle at the same time. Some of you husbands need to listen to me. You need to listen to me. Sometimes gentleness is more powerful than being right. Sometimes kindness is more effective than being the boss because it portrays, 
a spiritual dimension about your life and about your love that says, I'm getting ready. Now, I'm, I'm not still talking about the husband and the wife here. Going back to the children. I'm going to, I'm going to have to punish you. But I, and, and then, and I remember more than once tears running down my face when I had to say, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to punish you here. And so I'm going to get us pray right now. Pray with them right there. They hated that, but that's the way we did it. We're going to pray and then we're going to get a paddling. Could we just pray? They were hoping we'd pray long enough that we'd forget about the paddling. No, no, we're going to paddle. Yeah, we've got to do the paddling. Yeah, but I'm going to repent right now and get real right with God and we don't have to do it. No, no, we're going to do the paddling. But first we're going to pray because there's something about the Spirit of God. When I read about children that are being harmed in our culture, by people that should love them, it, uh, it's almost more than I can take. That's the kind of world that we're in. Now, I, let me look. Um, okay, we have time for just a couple more. And so let's go, if you would, to the next one. Let's see if it says faith. All right, so now we're looking at faith. Faith is one of the most, let's, let's think of it as believing trust. Where I say, now Lord, I know I'm getting older. I know that I'm X number of years and, and there's going to come a day when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slip from this life into uh, eternity. But I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Anybody here trust the Lord today? That is a spiritual virtue to be able to trust the Lord. Now faith, Hebrews 11, is the substance, or you notice it's kind of tiny, but you see I squeezed in the word assurance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's a, a perhaps one of the top ten most well-known verses in all of the Bible. All right, let's go to the next slide. We've got a couple minutes. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, Moved with fear, prepared an ark. And so we're looking at uh, verse 7. We're looking at a couple more verses there. Let's go to the next one. So Noah, by faith, was able to build an ark that, that uh, s- saved his family. Is anybody praying for your family here this morning? Praise God. I know that you are, and I'm just I'm, I'm being rhetorical here. Uh, I think we could do one more. Let's go to the next one. And that, of course, is uh, humility of heart or graciousness. That's the, that's the definition of the word meekness. Now, when you see a picture like that, uh, I put it in there fairly small because many images of Jesus I, I don't think are effective. Uh, and so I, 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 I'm never totally comfortable with images of Jesus. But, but this one is uh, more symbolic than anything. You can't really see it all that. Well, you can see it. Um, I'm the one having a hard time seeing it in my, in my little print here. But, um, but meekness is a, a virtue or a fruit of the Spirit. Could, let, let's stand. I know I'm going to have to stop right here. Meekness is an important uh, fruit of the Spirit that we need to pray now, sometimes folks think that um, that uh, meekness is weakness, and of course that would be completely contrary to the Word of God. Meekness is to be like the Lord, 
to have a graciousness and a humility of heart. Could we just bow our heads and and here is where we exemplify meekness in our own spirit. And let's pray that God will help us to be fruitful and let the spirit multiply in our lives. Could we do that? Father, right now I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice will will receive your touch and your presence. Lord, all of these aspects of spiritual life, I pray that they will grow in us, Lord, that we'll become more and more like you. And we thank you for it and praise you. To be like Jesus.